Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Thank you, Jesus, for this time of worship. We're just going to look to the screens. Break me down with all of your hatred and your journey towards the dark side will be complete. Thank <laughs> you. 
has made you powerful. Now, fulfill your destiny and take your father's place at my side. My name is Luke, for those of you who don't know. I may or may not have been named after a certain Star Wars character by my parents who may or may not have prayed for twins and then gotten twins and then considered naming them Luke and Leia <laughs> and stopped only when they were worried that uh, one of us might not like Star Wars. But they didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> Um, no, I love Star Wars, in case you didn't know. Ewoks are great. Baby Yoda's great. I love all of it. Uh, well, I mean, some of the Disney stuff is a bit bad. But anyway, <laughs> and I love that scene um, because for, for a bit of context, I'm assuming most of you have seen the original trilogy of Star Wars, but even if you haven't, there is a big space battle going on between the Rebellion and the Empire that is deciding the fate of the galaxy as this sword duel is going on. And from a physical movie perspective, that is the important fight, is the big space battle. Because if, they can't, if the good guys can't get through and, and blow up the Death Star, then it's all over. And yet we find it intercut between this sword fight. You'll see where it skipped sections is where it cuts back to the space battle. But we've got this lightsaber fight where it's just two people, well, three people if you include the Emperor. And if one lives or if one dies, it's not going to affect that big space battle outside. It's not going to affect the fact that they still need to blow up the space station. And yet we find that there is this such an emotional weight to this battle, such a purpose and a power to the outcome that it's even, like with the score and with the way it's portrayed, it seems more important than this galactic scale battle that's going on outside. And that's because it is. Because Luke Skywalker has a choice to make. He is fighting and the Emperor and Vader are tempting him and taunting him and distracting him because everything is about this one choice of whether he will give in to his anger and he'll give in to the dark side of the Force or whether he won't. And the, for the Emperor's perspective, that's all the Emperor's caring about in this moment. He couldn't care less about the giant space battle outside. He, in fact, only uses it to distract and taunt Luke with the fear of the death of his friends. And that's amazing to me. And, and when, I, when I go th through and watch and read a lot of fiction, I, I love it when these, these God moments jump out at me. And it happens in, in all sorts of media. It doesn't just have to be uh, Christian films or Christian literature. And so for me, this instantly spoke to me of our own battles and what's truly the battle that we go through in life.
Because who knows, there is always like a space battle going on. There is always something big, something obvious, something physical, whether it's related to health, whether it's related to finance, whether it's related to um, work or school or, or any of those things. There is some struggle, there is some obstacle. But more important to that, there is always a battle going on in our hearts for the decisions that we make and for the distractions that the enemy and the world throw at us to take us away from how we focus and how we act. I, um, so if we look at that scene, at the very start, uh, Luke Skywalker has got a pretty good control over his emotions and over his, his state of being. But then the Emperor, uh, he, he shows him the space battle and he, he keeps pressing it into him and he forces him to watch until uh, the fear for his friends and the fear for their safety and, and the victory of the rebels is too much for Luke and he, he falls into his anger, he succumbs and he tries to strike out at the Emperor. And this is exactly what the Emperor wants. And the battle goes on a little bit, and Luke begins to master himself again. He gets himself back under control. He's like, no, I don't want to fight you. I, I'm not here to fight. I'm not here to give in to my hate. And he gets himself back under control. And from that point on, he's trying to avoid the fight. And he's trying to avoid... Um, he's, he's fighting defensively is what he's doing. But then, a bit later in the fight, Darth Vader gets at him again and this time with fears for his sister's safety and the state of his sister's heart, whether she will turn to the dark side. And again, this, is, this distracts Luke. He loses his focus. He loses that control that he's gained. And as he thinks about that and as he thinks about her, he gets angry and he gets fearful and he strikes out again and he very nearly kills Darth Vader which is exactly what the Emperor wanted because then Luke would fall into the dark side and become the Emperor's new apprentice. And right at the end, Luke manages to realize what he's doing and refocus himself one last time and he actually throws away his weapon and says that I'll never turn to the dark side. Well, for me, I found this very similar to Matthew 26, the latter half, where Jesus uh, and his disciples go to Gethsemane right before Jesus. From verse 36, I'll be reading Matthew 26, 36. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. 
When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. You see, with this moment, Jesus was with his disciples, and Jesus knew that a critical hour was approaching. He knew that everything was coming to a single point, and his disciples had to be ready for it, because it was, gonna, it was about to get really hard for them. The persecution was going to mount, the humiliation was going to mount, the um, threat of death was going to mount if they continued be with Jesus and believe in him. And so he told them, pray, stay awake, stay vigilant, be alert. And, I mean, usually when I read this, I don't know why, I don't know if anyone else does this, but I usually imagine that they just kind of fall asleep pretty quick. (laughs) I don't know if that's just me, but I read, oh, Jesus goes away, 10 seconds later, out cold. (laughs) But, Probably they actually did pray for a little bit and they did try and do what Jesus said. I hope so. <laughs> but inevitably, their exhaustion, the, um, the stress and the burdens of the day and, and the physical need for sleep wore down on them and they fell asleep. And Jesus comes back and he tries to get them back in control and he tries to get them back uh, in a vigilant state and praying and prepared and it happens a few times, just like in the, in the lightsaber fight, it happens a few times where they're, they're focused and then it, it wears away at them and they lose their grip and they lose their control. And then we find when Jesus is arrested, in verse 56 it says, Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Now, Jesus knew this was going to happen and he knew that this is what would, would happen, that they would all fall away from him. But maybe if the disciples had been more vigilant and been more grounded in their prayer and more alert to what was coming and to the true power and purpose of the moment, then maybe there would have been a different outcome. I'm not going to say God wasn't aware of this outcome, but maybe things could have been a little different. You see... There is a constant battle that we go through. And the enemy's plan, by and large, is to make us forget that it's even happening. Because there is a war for our souls. It is the thing that Jesus is constantly reaching out for with the utmost love and redemption and forgiveness. And it is the thing that the enemy wants the allegiance of just as much. And even if um, you're grounded in Christianity and you're grounded in faith and you believe Jesus and his scriptures and your name is written in the book of life, the war isn't over. Not necessarily to say that that I believe any of you is going to fall completely away and out of faith. But if the devil can't get the allegiance of your soul then he will strive 
to make that allegiance as dilute as possible. So that the worries and the pressures of life become your true focus. So that your mind is so concerned with the battle out there, the space battle, the big battle with all the flashing lights and the explosions, the one that captures our attention, captures our focus and distracts us, that we forget that every time we make a choice, there is an impact in the spiritual world. That every time we pray or we forget to pray, that every time we remember the promises or we forget the promises, every time that we call upon the authority of God or we are too scared to, there is an impact. And that's what, that's what life is, is truly about. That's what this mission and this calling is truly about. We're here as a testament to the forgiveness and the mercy and the love of Jesus, to be a light in the world, to help non-Christians get better profit margins, or to, to give them nicer birthday parties. And No, I think those are some other professions. We're here. Our mandate is to be a light to the souls of the lost. Not that the burden of saving souls is on us, because it isn't, that's all with God, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah, and the burden of saving our own souls isn't even on us, that's with God, thank goodness. But we are tools to be used, we are part of the army and the kingdom of heaven. And we can either be aware of that fight, or again, we can slowly slip away until we forget that it even exists. And so, oh, we've already moved on. No, we're still in Scripture. Good, that's good. Okay, so, oh, I just need to do a quick shout-out as well. Um, this is how much I like Star Wars, right? I am part of a chat server for Christians on worship teams who like Star Wars. <laughs> it's called Rogue Worship Leader. I'm going to send them the podcast, so hello, everyone who listens. Um, there, there's about 600 of us, I think, at the moment, and it's just awesome. Like, oh, it's so good. Um, so I just, I just, I forgot to do it earlier, but hi, guys. I uh, hope you're enjoying my message. <laughs> okay, so I've got some steps to staying on target, because this is what it's about. It's about staying on target, which is actually a line from the movie, from, the, from episode four. Um, and... Like, the fights of life, we still have to go through. Like, that's, that's still how it works. But I want to encourage us and remind us, church, of the true battle that is always going on, that every decision has an impact, whether we are aligning our decision in that moment with God or whether we've chosen, oh, maybe I'll, I'll do what Luke wants this time around. And it... it it adds up. Um, C.S. Lewis, actually, in, in the book Mere Christianity, he says um, that if we extrapolate the, um, the net result of all of our actions over eternity, then we will either end up an angelic creature or a devilish one. And it's by the grace of God that our devilish actions can be cleansed and forgiven and redeemed and set us on the angelic path. But those actions still, even for the souls of the saved, have lasting impact, and we can be vigilant and aware of that. So, the first step to staying on target is to simply be aware of the battlefield. These aren't, 
complicated steps. I've pretty much already explained them, but I'll just explain them a bit more. In Ephesians 6.12, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. And we just simply need to be aware of it, because it is so easy to forget. And it's so easy to think, oh, if I'm not, like, at church, or I'm not actually in that prayer moment, if I'm not concerning myself with the heavenlies, then the heavenlies aren't concerning themselves with me. We can sometimes get a little bit like that. And so we just need to remember. And what was the... That's right. So I said along these lines earlier, the objective of both heaven and hell is the allegiance of our souls. I've got another way to put it. How did I... That's right. Your soul is the target of the greatest rescue and recovery mission heaven has ever sent. And it is also the target of the greatest robbery hell has ever devised. I'll say that again. Your soul is the target of the greatest rescue and recovery mission heaven has ever seen and ever sent. But it is also, and this is what we have to be aware of, is we are also the target of the greatest robbery hell has ever devised. You see, the enemy wants to steal you away from God. And he wants to steal God away from you. He wants to fill you up with with all the worries of finance and health. and, And again, all these problems that we encounter, all these battles that we have to go through, he wants you to focus and... I'm skipping into my next point, but that's okay. Um, He wants you to focus so much on the problem that you forget the solution. He wants you to be so wrapped up with your efforts and your strengths in the problem. Again, whether it's a big problem, whether it's a little problem, he wants you to be so focused on that that you forget the solution that you have in your back pocket, the God Almighty that you have indwelling in your soul. And we don't forget all the time, but it, it's, it's in degrees, and he wears us down in degrees. And so my second point is that we need to be vigilant of the distractions. And to exemplify this, I'm going to get James and Tom. Let's get Tom up. Okay, I'm just going to... Tom, I need you to get out a phone or piece of paper or something you can take some notes on. Uh, If you could just move that stool to the side of it, James. And so, Tom, I'm going to get you to write down three eight-digit codes. So just like eight numbers in a sequence, and I want you to do that three times, okay? And so, James, you can come this side of Tom. So James is us, and James is... Uh, trying to hear the voice of God. Tom is going to be the voice of God. You can put on a fancy voice if you want to, Tom. (laughs) Okay. Have you got those three codes? They don't have to be too complicated. It's just numbers. (laughs) You can even do your... Okay. Yeah, we're waiting on the Lord. Oh, sometimes that's what happens. I mean, in my experience, he has to wait for me. But uh, <laughs> got three different eight, three different eight-digit codes. 
Okay, perfect. So, oh, you've got a mic there. That's awesome. Um, so what you're going to do is you're going to say the first code. Uh, you don't have to go too fast, and you're going to say it twice. Okay. So the first code, you're going to say it twice. And James, you've got to pay attention. And then after those two repetitions, I want you to try and repeat back as best you can the, f the first code. Okay. One four one two two zero zero one. One four one two two zero one zero one. Sorry, you stuffed up that one. All right, I'll, let's <laughs> let's try this again. So even God makes mistakes. Yeah. Okay. So oh. <laughs> yeah, said James to God. I think you. I don't think that's what you meant to say. Can you give it to me again? <laughs> okay. We'll have it right. one more time, Tom. All right. One four one two two. Zero zero one. One four one two two zero zero one. Yep. Sounds pretty good. Okay. So that was pretty easy. This is the ideal scenario. Mm. Apart from the stuff up. Well, <laughs> um, but this is us focused on God, no distractions. It's pretty easy to hear him when he speaks to us. It's pretty easy to be focused on our purpose and on our truth and on our promises. We're going to make it a little bit harder now, so just hold on a tick. <laughs> Anyone who wasn't expecting this doesn't know me. <laughs> okay, so James, you take your one. And so, Tom, uh, so James, you can stand a bit over there. Tom, you're going to read the second code out. Same thing, two repetitions. Yep. But this time, James also has to focus on not getting hit by my shiny stick. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. 0406 0406-8340. Yeah, that was right. What? Maybe we should have got someone else up for this. <laughs> I, that, that's pretty good. Um, and who knows, it is still possible to hear God while we are facing our battles. <laughs> hey, look, the third stage of this, there's a third stage, and it's pretty hard. So, are you ready? Okay. So, that was trying to hear the voice of God while being attacked by one of the schemes of the enemy. And now, we're gonna add in the distractions of life. So Tom, mm. I want you to not use the microphone, and I want you to go back to your seat. And this time, as Tom speaks his code, so it's an eight-digit code, and he says it twice, everyone else is gonna say their own eight-digit code at the same time. We'll, we'll see how confident you are now, and I'm still gonna be hitting him with the lightsaber. Okay, here we go. We got it! Okay. Here, you can take both of these. James, ladies and gentlemen, why don't you give him another round of applause? I'll get my... Right. Speak about Star Wars at church. Use a lightsaber fight at church. I have ticked those items off my bucket list. 
I don't know what's next. I <laughs> Brett, do you think it'd be easy for us to get an X-wing in here? Like, <laughs> uh, or maybe preaching while in space. That would be a nice one. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Okay. <laughs> so, we have to be vigilant of the enemy's distractions. And it's just, again, that's, this is the path of life, the journey that's been set out for us. It isn't easy. It isn't easy. But it's even harder when we forget that it's even there. So, again, if we are, like James at least, knew, okay, I have to be focusing, I have to try and get the Word of God and the truth of God right now. But sometimes, we're so busy with all of those voices, or we're so busy with the lightsaber fight, that we, speaking metaphorically, of course, that we don't even know we're supposed to be listening, right? And again, in that scene that we watched, um, Luke wasn't just distracted by the space battle. He wasn't just distracted by the fears for his sister. He was also distracted by the big guy in a black suit that was swinging a sword at him. And he had to divert some of his attention to that. And as he did, he was losing focus on the state of his heart. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. And again, these distractions can take any form. Um, going to C.S. Lewis again, The Screw Tape Letters, wonderful, wonderful book. And in letter 28, and also you can find most of them on YouTube, uh, these Screw Tape Letters, read by John Cleese, which is just great. I love John Cleese. Um, but letter 28, um, Wormtongue, the, the younger demon, is uh, he's joyous because the war is starting. And his, his patient, his human that he's trying to, to tempt and corrupt, might die in the war. And so he's happy. But, but Screwtape comes in and he says, this isn't a reason to celebrate. Do you not realize that the patient's death at this moment is precisely what we want to avoid? He has escaped the worldly friends with whom you try to entangle him. He has fallen in love with a very Christian woman and is temporarily immune from your attacks on his chastity. And the various methods of corrupting his spiritual life, which we have been trying, are so far unsuccessful. You see, even death can be a distraction to us because if our souls are saved, then death isn't the end and death isn't a burden beyond recovery. And so, again, all these problems, all these distractions, but even death, like we can think, oh, I probably have to focus on death. <laughs> That's a big one. And we do, obviously. I don't want you guys to die, please. Um, but I just love, when I read this the first time in the screw tape letters, I was so taken aback and I had to stop for a moment because I'm like, wow, the demons are saying, hey, let's keep this guy alive because he's currently a Christian, and if we can keep him alive longer, then we have more time to work into his soul and to corrupt him and to distract him and to erode his beliefs until they're, they're like, I know in Revelation it talks about the church, was it, uh, which church was it? Someone can tell me the church that lost their first love. Brad, which church was that? That's, okay. Um, not, yeah, good. Like, when we first become Christian, we can be so on fire for God and so raring to go. 
And we're always reading our Bible, we're always praying, we're so aware of everything that's going on. And then as we go on through the journeys of life, it's like the, uh, the seed that grew up amongst the weeds. And like, it's, it's all throughout the Bible, this message. And we just forget and slip away. And so that's why we need to be vigilant of the distractions. And my last step to, being, uh, to staying on target is to pursue God's rest. And I know I've talked about pursuit in some of my messages before, and I've also talked about rest in some of my messages before. But we need to pursue God's rest. Spending time with God is a must. For the state of our souls, it is a necessity. It's as important to our souls as food and water is to our bodies. And again, the food and water is really easy for us to find as important because we're so used to that physical state of being. But we have to remember the other side of it. And it is, it's literally like prayer and reading your Bible and spending time in worship, like it can sometimes feel tedious and feel like a chore, but it's as important as breathing. And I say that, and even in my mind, it sounds like a bit of an exaggeration because if I stop breathing for two minutes, I die. Well, who knows what the state of my soul would be like if God were to completely abandon me for even one second? I don't want to find out. And, it's, and luckily, by the grace of God, well, not so not luck, that luck has nothing to do with, with it, but by the grace of God, He will never leave me nor forsake me, even if. I spin in his face and say he doesn't exist or say that I hate him. And that's just a testament to his goodness. And, but, but yeah, so we have to pursue God's rest. And I say rest because like pursuit and, and, and striving after God, um, it's certainly got an active component. But it's also a release and a surrender. And the world, with, with the way we overcome problems, it's always like we've got to gear up for battle. It's active, active, active. Um, but when we actually spend time with God, it still has an active component and an effort component because we actually have to show up. But um, we kind of show up to let go, if that makes sense. And I know even preparing for this message, like um, I, was, I was preparing throughout the week and I got to Wednesday and there were still some key parts to my notes that weren't really fitting together very well. And I was, I was thinking, because we had worship practice. And I was like, oh, maybe I should skip worship practice and really just try and hammer this out. Like, it's not working, but if I just stick with it. And then I actually had a bit of a, a moment of revelation. I'm like, no, I'm not going to let this problem, even though it's a sermon, like, it's, it's a pretty spiritual problem, I think, I hope there's some spirit involved here. Um, but even this spiritual problem, I'm not going to let that take away from the time when I gather with the band and community and we pray and we worship. And I just had this like, that's where I need to be. And I'm like, oh, I should write that down. Uh, and so I did. And then I went to worship practice. And, and after that, there were some bits that fell in line, but even if it doesn't all fall in line, 
I still, in that moment, I believe, I made that right decision. I, st- I stopped swinging my sword and cutting at the problem. And I let God take over again. And you see, with Luke Skywalker, whenever he was mastering himself, it was in the quiet and in the calm. And actually, the nature of the Force in, in, in Star Wars is that the, the Sith are all about bending the Force to their will and taking control and t- draining it of power and all of that stuff. But the Jedi philosophy is all about releasing themselves to the flow and the will of the Force. About releasing control. And they find that as they do that, then the Force fills them with power and this, uh, it guides their strokes, and, and all of that stuff. The Jedi philosophy is peace and release and surrender. And that sounds like a pretty Christian philosophy to me. So you can all uh, email George Lucas and thank him for the sermon. Um, <laughs> but Hebrews 4.11 says, Let us therefore make every effort to enter the rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. And so we find in that scripture, we make every effort. So there's that active component, there's that pursuit. We make every effort to enter the rest. And that's what I want for my life, and that's what I encourage you, church, to to strive for in the disciplines and in your daily walk. I I struggle so often to wake up with God as opposed to waking up with my phone. And I probably said that on stage before because it's still true. (laughs) And it's something I'm working on. But I know, I know that it affects my entire day. And it's not not a formula. It's not a magic spell that I, I have to encant God in the morning and then he blesses my day. It's just the simple fact of life that I need to align. Like God doesn't even have to do anything necessarily. I need to get myself focused on what's really going on. Because that will affect how I react to every single battle throughout the day. I need to remind myself of the battle of my heart. And because, again, this isn't just for our hearts. This is for the hearts of the lost and the souls of our friends and our workmates. We need to be aware and reminded that God is reaching out for them. Hallelujah. But so is the devil. And that's not a point of despair. That's a reminder of the stakes. And Jesus died for those stakes. And I want to be a part of that fight as well and and give everything that I can. And again, we still have to go through the regular battles of life. But as much as possible, I want to be available to be a tool in the hand of my Father so that if he wants to use me to reach my friends and my workmates, I have the vigilance and I have the focus to actually hear that calling when it comes. I know Dave Ryder um, frequently said um, he doesn't want to die wondering. And it's true. I don't want to die wondering if I could have, like if I'd missed God in that moment and what that might mean for my friends and family. And again, the burden isn't on us. I do want to stress that. The burden of salvation for our friends isn't on our shoulders. But we are still tools to be used and part of the fight.
Um, sorry, I should have called the band up earlier because that's about it. <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna come into a time of prayer as we go into this into this closing song. And I just want to pray and invite people up the front. If you feel today that you've been a bit distracted and you've let the worries of life and, and the way of the world pull you away a little bit from your first love and from the purpose of God that you, call, that you feel for your life, then I just invite you up the front. We'll have people here to pray with you and just pray that fresh anointing, that fresh reminder that the promises of God are still here for you, that the truth of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that there is no plan or scheme of the enemy that God cannot overcome. And that is our salvation. That is our promise that we can take, church. That yes, there is the emperor and there is Vader and there is the battle and there is everything going on. But our God has overcome all of it. Our God has overcome all of it. Hallelujah. So why don't you stand as we come into this, this final song? And, yeah, I'm just going to be off to the side. If you want prayer, then just walk up the front, and I'll be happy to pray with you. Thank you, church.